Hello everybody and welcome to episode 125 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, fresh off the aeronautical device that flies you from place to place, he is my John Diggle. It is Mr. Chris Fint. Does that mean you're you're Oliver Queen then? I say nothing about that. Okay, that's fine. You have failed this city. Uh, yes, and my left arm and my right arm is actually a bit twingy. So it is. Um, so, yes, hello, it's Chris Fint. It's not the doppelanger of Chris Fint, is the proper article. So, I can be evil at times, but just not today. Not so, today. Well, that's yeah. good that you're in a good So, we're mood. here to do the roundup of our DC shows, the fourth out of four. So, indeed, it is CW Arrowverse roundup time. So, not only everybody are we going to talk about the most recent season of Arrow and all that shenanigans, uh, but we're also going to talk about the big crossover from the most recent seasons, uh, that is Crisis on Earth X. What would you like to do first, Chris? We'll leave that to last. The Crisis on Earth yeah, X? we'll leave that to last. Cool. Plugs out the way? Oh uh, yeah, you get, you get the plugs <laughs> out the road. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us, everybody. You can get on... Uh, Get in, if I can speak today. Yes, yeah, so you can follow us at uh, Twitter, <laughs> at RetroShockPod. Our DMs are open, so if you want to suggest a topic for us to um, talk about, you can do that. Or um, follow us at Operation RetroShock on Facebook. If you listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, tune in. If you're able to leave us a review, take a screenshot, send it to us. You can even email me at vento316 at gmail.com. And we will get in touch with you and uh, maybe you'll have a chosen episode or chosen subject. But it does go a long way. It means that you're enjoying the content. Um, We do have some there, but obviously with us being in the United Kingdom, we can't see the States ones. That's why we would like to see a screenshot. So anything like that would be great. And uh, yeah, so that's... Thank you for that. Good recovery, Chris. So we'll dive straight into things here with our Arrow discussion. If you have listened to any of our previous CW Arrowverse episodes, you'll be very familiar with these questions. But we do it to keep uniformity throughout the episodes so that we aren't going too much on random tangents. Yeah, because then I'll be like, oh, let's talk about Arrow. Oh, yeah, Ruby Rose is uh, Batwoman. Oh, no, it's Ruby Riot. Oh, uh, Yeah, that that was a little something before we started recording everybody that Chris said that Batwoman is going to be played by Ruby Riot. I'm sure Ruby Riot would like to play Batwoman, though, but nonetheless. Uh, We'll kick things off with our first question, and that is, as always, what were our expectations of the season before it aired, Chris? Well, with Arrow, it's always... There's only been one season that's kind of underwhelmed me. And it's not because of the villain, but I think it was maybe just because of the writing. Um, But with this, I've always been more excited for this and Flash than I have the other two, like we talked about. So I was excited to see this, especially whenever you see the trailers for the upcoming seasons and things like that. Obviously, we've seen photographs of a certain wrestler and a certain ex-footballer who are sitting at a table you know, so whenever you see the things like that, and you're like, oh. So it's nice to see. I think, for me, Arrow seems to have the stronger cast. I'm not saying that against Flash or anything like that, but I just enjoy the characters on that. The ensemble. Yeah. Um, I would have said that, but it would have come out like, you know, something else. Um, it's alright, it's not like my mouth's working this episode either. You exactly, know? yeah. Whenever you're talking about aerodynamically flying and things like that. Oh, I managed to get through that, yeah, but uh, then yeah. I just mucked uh, up. The, yeah, yeah. there's things that I do every week, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I just... Um, 
the characters I just uh, not, I care for a bit more than I do the ones out of there you know like if you see them in Perry you're like I hope they come out of that and that kind of thing but I was excited for it and always am and I'm excited for the next season of it what about you? Got you um, well if anybody's been listening to these episodes you'll know that I am more of a Flash guy than an Arrow guy but that doesn't mean that uh, I like Flash dramatically more than Arrow but Arrow, much like yourself, is still very much up there for me in mm-hmm. terms of uh, interest or excitement. Now, I was kind of holding my expectations back ever so slightly for this season. So I was simply because we were coming off the season with Prometheus, so mm-hmm. we were, which I felt was an extremely strong villain and storyline. Okay. Mainly down to performance from Sagara. Yeah. Um, so you kind of temper yourself and you saw in the trailers this case fella and you're like, okay, this is a very different departure from our previous film. How is this going to line up? How is this going to, you know, uh, land in comparison to some of our previous films? Because now you've said you feel there's only maybe been one season that's let you down a bit. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm not saying it's a roller coaster as such, but for me, there are definitely far stronger ones than certain other ones. Um, so I was like, hopefully this isn't, you know, a dip into a trough, so to yeah, say, yeah. when it comes to uh, season quality. I won't say it was. Um, it was definitely, I'd say, one of the better ones. Um, it's definitely no season four. So it isn't even or season se- two. Exactly. Even though uh, season four for me has one of my favourite villains in the Arrowverse. So that's the one that has... Dark. Yeah, that's the one that would be my weakest one, is yeah. that, but it's not because of the villain, but mm-hmm. it's because, it, for example, he was perfect in Legends of Tomorrow, because you have that science fiction-esque thing there, whereas in Arrow, it's magic against archery, yes. and it's kind of, okay, I think that's why it didn't yeah. mesh well. It was a departure from what you got used to Yeah, uh, with Arrow. Now, speaking of where we feel things rank and all in the Arrow universe, um, how do we feel that this most recent season stood up to previous seasons? Now, this actually, I this I had to do a lot of thinking about this because, well, Arrow involves more seasons than any of the other yeah. shows, so you really have to think. And I went back and had a look at things, and I kind of noted down some of the things that happened in the various different seasons. So, of course, okay. if you're listening to these episodes, folks, spoiler yeah. alert. So, season two... We had the debut of Barry Allen, we had the return of Sarah, we had Slade Wilson, and mm-hmm. um, I would say a strong enough flashback story. Three, we had uh, Raz al Ghul, uh, we had the actual proper kickstart of the Arrowverse, so to say. That yeah. was the first year that Flash got its full season. Uh, Laurel and Thea started to step up and get a bit more physical. Um, now, I know these are out of order here, folks, but it was just when I was making notes. Season 5, of course, had Prometheus. Uh, season 1, we had a strong character introduction, of course, and the you know performances of the characters. Uh, early day Quentin, when he's chasing after yes, Arrow yeah. as a vigilante, mm-hmm. just as a simple cop on the streets. And we had first season Malcolm Merlin yeah. as well, which is one of my favourite things. <coughs> and then season 4, one of the main pros is, I just said, Damien Dark. Mm-hmm. So we're roughly... Does everything kind of sit with you in comparison to those seasons for season five? Well, season two... Would Sorry, def- not season five, season six. Season two would definitely be my favourite 
because that just with the whole Slade coming back, it was just that for me that is just one of the best seasons of TV I've watched yeah. in a while. So I would probably say season two, one. Who? I would probably say two one, two one f- five, six, three four. Okay. So I put I put it like mid table really because I think that Prometheus was he had Oliver's number yes whereas I didn't feel there was a there's a certain thing that we'll get onto in a minute or two but there's a certain aspect of this that it was going well and then it, they kind of went whoop I got you and then it kind of like oh, okay so um, for me I think that he was a better villain as much as I love Damien Dark I love Neil McDonough um, if I've said his name his I, performance yeah I, I like him as the character but it's just it didn't mesh well with that but whenever as we talked about whenever him and Ebert Thong and um, Merlin. M- Merlin are together you could have a spin off of that if they were Council Legends of Tomorrow you could do you know like Villains of Tomorrow a Legion of Doom <laughs> yeah exactly you could do that what a rush that would be um <laughs> But yeah, but I would say that that would be like mid table. It was a good season, um, but it's not without its moments, good and bad, which we'll yeah get on to. I wholeheartedly agree. For me, season two is right up there. Mm-hmm. So it is. There's no doubts there. And sort of as you say, I think this one does settle in that sort of mid pack. I think the mid pack of Arrow is kind of very tight. Yeah, and then you get that bit of a drop. For down to season it's, it's almost like if you're ranking Star Wars movies, you're going to have your big ones, and then at the end, you're going to you're going to have you know, da 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 da, and then you're going to have a big gap here, and go like, and then we jump from here to episode two or episode one, and then episode two will be right at the end. Yeah, you know exactly. Don't at us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do you have a favorite episode or moment from this season? So I'm just going to rattle off a couple of my ones here. Okay. So uh, we get the return of Slade in this season as well. Mm-hmm. So I do. Um, the episode docket number 11, 73, which of course I think is a comic book reference. Um, it's episode 21. Now, that's the court case, but I'm not saying it's a favourite episode of mine. Yeah. But I'm simply saying the moment of, like, the <gasps> it's Tommy mm-hmm. sort of thing as the arrow. Um, but then I'd say probably one of my favourite episodes would be Fundamentals, which is episode 18, which is where he starts hallucinating uh, Adrian Chase. Yes and uh, Prometheus and all that sort of stuff yeah. as well um, some of the stuff in that episode people didn't take great to but I think getting to see them interacting again mm-hmm. even if it was just in Oliver's yeah. head yeah. for me was sublime stuff I would say that that Deathstroke Returns episode would be my favourite whenever like he obviously we've seen these two go at it and then they kind of come together because he wants to go rescue his son so that the whole battle inside like in like the it's like in the school isn't it something like that yeah yeah. because like whenever he's like got the full outfit on and things like that and you're like all right okay um but that for me would be like because i love the destro character i love manu bennett who plays him yeah again you know like if they did put him dc put destro in a movie Again, you want him to play because he is Deathstroke, you know, like, um, just like his voice and just like, you know, even whenever he starts getting angry, you know, like in whenever he keeps calling Oliver Kid, Yeah. Um, just things like that. And it's just the the chemistry between Stephen Amell and uh, Manu Bennett are, is really good. So that would be my, probably would be my favourite 
um, moment from the season favorite episode would be that there is other ones you know like but it's more finally seeing you know um felicity and oliver finally getting it together after you know like after the um ups and downs and yes exactly and near uh, deaths things and like all that, that sort of stuff and i wasn't too sure of how much william would play a key role in that but i think the kid you know like was whiny at first but then you know like he's a kid you know you can kind of expect that yeah. but he's a character like a lot of them like we were saying about you know um with the last one with uh, ralph that he was really whiny and kind of annoying but towards the end he kind of cared for him and yes. you, you know like and i find that with him and that's the first time i think i find that with a kid actor yeah you know like that uh, you've kind of um appreciated the fact that he's in a this kind of broken family where his dad's like a superhero and is he doesn't have a mom but his mom is basically this woman who can hack into anything at the drop of a hat so not a bad motherly figure to have no. like to be honest another i think the whole thing to do with the OTA original team arrow and new team arrow um that whole dichotomy and seeing how that that the how things fell apart um was very um it was it was good to see that there you know like there are there is issues there but and they're not afraid to go and exploit that so that's what they did and i was like right okay so it, it was good that you say had you know like people over here and the people over here and then kind of at the end kind of come together you know but just about just about about, yeah (coughs) well it's quite funny because i'm including that in my disappointments disappointments of the season not because i was like this is rubbish or anything like that but because you're just like no get along please (laughs) you know please guys you don't i don't want friction you know be all on the same page here focus on the bad guy but no, it completely get your point. So yeah, I think kind of the key episode that made me feel the most uncomfortable in terms of the disappointment, so to say, yeah. of uh, them, kind of the friction, was episode 14, which was uh, Collision Course. So that's the whole episode where Renee gets yeah. put in the hospital and mm-hmm. stuff like that by Oliver. Because that's kind of the start of the proper downfall yeah. of the entire Cause that's whenever, Team Arrow. That's whenever Diggle's like got his is shaking hand and then that's whenever Rene gets the crap beat out of him and then lands in a car and then because he wasn't able Diggle wasn't able to shoot and then that's whenever obviously Dinah and him kind of you know like oh I'm fine like but you're not fine and um yeah I, I, I totally get where why you would say that do you have a proper disappointment from the season was there anything that just didn't jive for you a big disappointment for me is this the very first episode because you have at the end of the last season you had this big explosion where you know like you think all these people are going to die so you think right okay there's going to be a casualty here there's going to be a big casualty so um and then it turns out that it's william's mum so effectively it's a nothing character for me it should have been thea because obviously later on you know like she's in hospital and things like that but if they'd done it with then and then obviously in the last episode we get a death there yeah we should have had maybe one at the start and one at the end and all things considered Thea leaves anyway yeah so it should have been something for me um that she should have not been in it from the get-go 
you know, mm. instead of having a character who's kind of just there for the sake of being there. Um, incidentally, she is the character that I feel um, was probably um, just a character who had no purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, like a character who's just there for being there. You know, and it, it took me a while. You know, whenever you send that, you know, like is there a character you know like you really enjoyed the performance of or enjoyed that character or one of your least favourite character. Yeah. It took me a while to think of it, but then once I was thinking of all the characters and I went, Thea, what did she do? And what she didn't do much. And yeah. it would actually be her. So that one there out of all of them actually took me the longest to think of. But I just think if they killed somebody from the get go, it with Infinity War, I don't think Infinity War would have had the same uh the same uh, grasp on you if Loki didn't die yeah. straight off because you know it's like that he means business and you know like with this is like you know Oliver's going to be upset that his sister's yeah. dead you know no so. absolutely the way you're saying about Loki and Infinity War it was kind of a Game of Thrones moment almost straight out together as in your favourites aren't safe yeah. yeah you know Loki boom gone so yeah. when Loki dies anybody can die really Yeah. from that point on Whereas I completely get what you're saying with the island. You come back and you think, right, somebody has to go here. Because, mm-hmm. of course, we got, what was it, Merlin stepped on the mine for Thea or something like yeah. that. So you knew he, well, you don't see him die. Yeah. But you pretty much take it for a case that he's gone. Uh, and then you have the whole explosion. I think you're right. I think Thea probably would have been the most logical. Mm-hmm. But... When the season goes on, and we'll probably get to this again when we talk about the characters and yeah. what, who we thought was best and unnecessary, I'll probably have another one to come back to. We'll talk about that when we get there, actually. I don't know how you feel on this, but for me, a disappointment was the sudden change of Big Bad from Cade yes. and James to Diaz. That's what I was saying about the 180 is because um, I find that... So, who... Who's the guy that like gets like evil Laurel and stuff? Kian James, right? Okay, the one so, with the glasses. No. Right, I find him very not like menacing, but he's very you know like I have the power to do this, I have the power to do that, I can do this, and I can do that. Whereas for me, as much as Diaz, performance wise was good, but me it was more like an East End villain. Yes, it's like me picking up the phone and shouting down the phone at you <laughs> and saying like, "Yeah, well, if you want that, yeah, you're gonna have to get it." Blah 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 blah. blah. And it's just like, right, okay. So, from going from the, like you say, from going from Prometheus, who, you know, would say stuff to do Oliver, but like, yeah, I can make your life uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. And then you, obviously, he's in with Oliver, you know, like, and he's Oliver's right hand man. And Adrian Chase, you know, like, I would be lost without you. And you're like, and then you see that, you know, like, you see that reveal of he's Prometheus, whereas this is just like, yeah, it's just like always on the phone or getting somebody else to do is. And for me, whenever. At the end, wherever you see him, I'm just like, please don't make him the villain for next year because I, he's a nice guy. Don't get me wrong, I've met him. He's a nice guy, but it's just for me, he's not, like you say, he's not the big bad that you want. Yeah. Now the character in the comics has plenty of history with the Green Arrow. Like there's there's no debate there, but it almost does feel a wee bit <clears throat> with this season that they got to a point when writing out the season and they just went you know what, change your minds. And then they just completely shifted course because Caden James just kind of gets wiped out dead yeah. quickly after sort of the mid-season break. Mm-hmm. 
it's just like because you got that whole episode about him and his son and all and that's why he has the vendetta against yeah. Oliver because he thinks that Oliver killed his son yeah. and all um, and then he's sitting in like the police station and boom topped mm-hmm. done you know gone wiped out barely mentioned again that's one thing for me in this season as well is we've already seen the courtroom stuff to do with Oliver Queen as the Green Arrow you know like and obviously like you say it would to do with the Tommy thing that was good but again somebody else playing that character very much yeah. like we had in Flash yeah. where we had you know like so it seemed to be there was polarising episodes happening whereas sometimes especially if you're doing the same kind of thing in this and as this you almost get lost you know, like, so, right, what happened with Oliver? Because you're doing two courtroom things at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, both to do with murder and that kind of thing. And you're like... There's been no murder. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, get what you're, I get what you're saying. That, you know, with the change of Big Bad as well. But um, for me, if they had taken more out of the courtroom, you know, like, yeah. it'd almost be like at the, at the end of this season whenever Oliver's in jail and then Barry's in jail. You know, because obviously last season he was in jail yeah. at the start. So it would have been the very much the same kind of thing as there. So it's like, just make it different, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it it did for me feel like some things this season were kind of like almost like towards the end of the season. Bar some of the stuff that happened in the finale mm. could have almost been a mid-season finale in its yeah. own sort of thing. But we'll get for the end of that because that's one of our final questions on the season. Let's talk about the mid-season then. We've asked this question before. What did the mid-season do for you? Did it win your interest in the show? Or were you just like, come on, hurry up, get back, and let's get this story underway again? It's always been that with Arrow. Um, it's never been... I don't think I've watched... I honestly can't remember if I've watched a mid-season finale for that, and then just went, oh, okay. And then thought, oh, I'm not excited for that coming back. I've yeah. always thought... I want that to come back. I'm excited to watch Arrow. You know, like, like I say, you know, like Arrow was my first one the same way with Flash was yours. Yes. But um, I've enjoyed watching it. So it's it's one of those things that you want it. You want it on Netflix. You want to watch it all, like in as as you know, like as little time as possible. You want to get from the start to the finish, you know, and do all that. So it's always been that case for Arrow. So it didn't weigh my interest one way or other. Um, I think sometimes you just want the, to come back to see where it goes from there. Yeah. So, no. Because I think, wasn't it around the mid-season of this and all as well, we were getting the teases that Roy was coming back and all yes. as well. So, yeah. so, of course, that was a big deal for everybody because that character came from one of the, what is considered one of the more enjoyable periods mm-hmm. off the show. And, of course, we're getting him back again in the upcoming season. But no, yeah, for me, I don't think Arrow has ever kind of made me go, no, nah, I'm not interested for what's coming back. Yeah. So... We mentioned characters, mm-hmm. and you've kind of already tipped your hat as to what you felt was maybe an unnecessary character, yeah. but what was a character for you that you feel completely stood out, that really gripped you, and you thought, yeah, that was either a good performance by the actor, or just the character was really good throughout the season? I would say Dinah would be <clears throat> one that really stood out for me, because you have the, the personal tur- turmoil that she goes through, because obviously her ex-partner has come back and then uh, he dies and then there's a whole dichotomy thing between her and Oliver but I just think the actress Juliana Harkavy who plays her does a really good job and I think that you know she out of the three of them would probably be my favourite you know canary 
you know, out of her, Laurel and um, Sarah. Sarah. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not a huge, I've never been a huge Laurel fan, but I enjoy the doppelganger version of Black Laurel. Siren. Yeah, I enjoyed that because of then seeing the relationship between her and Quentin, her inverted commas father. And then seeing at the end, whenever, you know, like her, you know, like whenever he he passes and then she's kind of a bit upset about that. So, um, yeah, it seems to be there's more, I think this was very, I think from what I've heard, oh no, that's something else. I thought, I thought this season was coming, was meant to be a very female driven one, but that's Walking Dead apparently. I'd have got them mixed up. <laughs> um, but yeah, but for me that she would be my standout one. Um, there's never been somebody that would go like oh there's that character or mm-hmm. you know like I enjoy a lot of the characters and I don't think there's many that have just went you know he's there there for that there you know like so yeah well funny that you mentioned Black Siren and Katie Cassidy and her little story arc with a certain someone because that is who my character of positivity is who I like the most was Paul Blackthorne as Quentin Lance mm-hmm. Because you go back and you can look at this season now. And yes, you can look and you can go, mm, some of that was maybe a bit corny. Or, goodness, his obsession here yeah. is over the top. You still have to look at it, right? Think this is a father that at a point has lost his daughters multiple times. Yeah. So a man's going to draw a line and you know, break mentally yeah. about, right, here's another chance with my daughter who is definitely dead at this moment in time. In his head at least. But then you progress that through to where the season goes. And of course his departure. I think a lot of the stuff in sort of the tail end of the season with him. He delivers some of his best performances. Mm -hmm. In the entirety of Arrow. Yes I love his stuff from the early days of Arrow. Yeah. But even just like the simple conversation with like Oliver outside the police station and all. Very kind of father son conversation going on there. Yeah. You're just like. It was, of course, again, tipping its cap of, he's gone, you know. Was this the one that um, Quentin ends up in rehab? Something like that. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I, I remember him, because oh, that was the whole thing between him and Thea as well. Yes. So it seemed to be that somebody who didn't like the Queens, you know, like... Basically became this, the father figure? Yeah, had this personal attachment because obviously they didn't have a father, so that's who kind of they looked up to. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so I would say the whole thing to do with like, and then obviously, uh, Renee call him Hoss all the time. Yeah. Um, as a terms, a term of endearment is very good too. Well, here's my hot take for unnecessary characters. You just mentioned them. I, Renee. I was going to say that. I, I was going to say Renee and then I thought, but you know what? I enjoyed whenever he was there. I think maybe they did something clever in that they did that whenever they, whenever he was in hospital and you didn't see him for a couple of mm-hmm. episodes, I think that was maybe because they had so much to do with other characters rather than yeah. rather than putting him in there and then just doing that. You know, like, maybe they did that with Thea. Maybe we both picked characters who ended up in hospital because, be <laughs> because they didn't have anything for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I understand why. And he was, he was going to be on the list, but then Thea, so... You would, you would think out of... Out of the three characters of you know Team Arrow, so to say, that went off on their own, he, when you look at the characters side by side, probably was the most irritating of the three, for because he was very much the one of 
everything's about him. Yeah. In a way as well. Yes, he was very loyal to uh terrific and uh you know the latest canary. Um but it was I suppose I'm being maybe a bit critical again. I was because I was touting about Quentin being his, a dad and wanting all his dad things. Renee at the end of the day was just wanting to be able to still see his daughter. I think because of how Renee goes about things compared mm. to how Quentin does. Whereas Quentin's obviously a bit more mature, shall we say, than Renee is. So that's maybe why um, maybe why it irked you because you're mm. thinking you your most popular one's doing it right and he's just making a right hash of it. You know, <laughs> so that's maybe why. We all make mistakes. Uh moving on then, uh if you could take a character from another show and put them in this show, who would it be and why? I would say that a character that I would put in is from Supergirl Ooh. and would be Wynn. Oh, right, okay. Because I think with Terrific and Felicity being so tech savvy, okay. you put him in that as well. So you have kind of almost like, you would almost have three people say, or like if you would have somebody to keep an eye on Felicity, you know, Mr. Traffic side, you would have her and him doing stuff together. I think that would be good to see those two doing doing it. Um, another character that I would like in it um, would... Another character I would like in it, but I only want in it because I like the actor, would be Henry Allen. But I like the actor, so even if you had a doppelganger version of him, okay. But he doesn't have speed or anything. But I just like John Wesley's ship. Yeah, I just enjoy his performance as Barry's dad and as obviously you know like the other Flash. Um, I think he would be a good one to fit into. I can't really think of because obviously with Legends you've seen the majority of them. Yes, and that's why I'm trying to think of other ones that you haven't seen. Well, for me, <laughs> people are gonna go. Alan, you've just went for Flash characters here. Uh, first one would be uh, Grodd. Okay. I think having Grodd in an Arrow episode would be quite, so you always quite intriguing. Pick, you always pick villains and I never do. See? You always I, do. See, I'm just thinking of the dynamic in the sense of, right, well, Oliver's the good guy, so he needs somebody to yeah. you know, bounce off of sort of thing. So Grodd, I think, would be quite interesting. Now, some people might say Grodd's kind of overdone at this point because he has been in a reasonably good number of episodes. He's been what? plenty of Flash, plenty of Legends. What about that shark dude? Was it King, King Shark? shark yeah. yeah, he was almost on the list. He was <laughs> almost on the list. Um, it wouldn't be uh, a CW list of mine if I didn't mention Captain Cold again. Um, the see, proper Captain Cold. Oh, you see, I would have said the other one. See, that's now. See now that you mentioned that. Now here's an interesting one for your mother. This would work. This is this is proper kind of fan brainstorming right here, folks. Um. Oliver's more than likely not going to at all be mayor come this coming season, uh, considering where he is. He's in jail. Um, Citizen Cold, in an alternative universe, I think, is the mayor. Okay. Not of Star City or anything in particular, yeah. but where he is uh -huh. in the comics, I think he is a mayor. So imagine if he became the mayor. No, John Wesley Ships mayor now. See, you, he's, you just love John Wesley Ship. He's Merna. <laughs> I see where I see where you're going there. The reason why I think that is because it obviously seems like um, he's not going to be in the show as often anymore because they phased him out of Legends again. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I think that's him pretty much done with it yeah. now. Whereas you could just say, oh, you know, 
Mercenart or whatever sort of thing, and then maybe one episode a season or something. Yeah, he shows his face or whatever. Um, Killer Frost, and I'm not meaning our world's Caitlin and Killer Frost. I mean proper alternative Earth, bad to the bone. Okay, Killer Frost, because again, I just think if you had that sort of proper villain. You've got the ice versus the archer sort of dynamic of things. What if then, instead of having Captain Cold, you had Rory, but like whenever he was back as bad, so you would have Heatwave, and instead of Captain Cold, you would have Killer Frost. You would still have that cold and heat dynamic mm. of those two working together. I could work. I could work because um, I think actually I'm. Almost- talk about uh, Crisis on Earth X soon there is sort of a yeah a yeah. little thing at the wedding where Rory's like okay I like this it's, yes, uh, I, I dig who this she, who she yeah like her. but I do have a final name here okay and this is not a character from another show per se but it's a character that was previously teased in Arrow that never you know the trigger was never pulled on okay and that's Harley Quinn because if you remember back in the early seasons where we got the... Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was in one of the containment cells, very right, clearly yeah. teased. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the Suicide Squad movie came about and that kind of all got kiboshed and yeah. swept to the side. I would like to have seen the Harley Quinn character come mm-hmm. into this. Um, whether it would have worked or not same, or whatever. Same could be said whenever he said about... Um, I think it was in this season whenever he was... Saying that he's not Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And then you could have had that, you know. So, you know, you could have almost had like a Gotham Arrow crossover, which would have been so good to see. (laughs) So, was the season finale disappointing to you or has it left you interested for the upcoming season? The, The start and the end of this left me question, not question things, but left me going... Oh, okay. Because, like we said, I think if that had ended with Caden James instead of with... What's his name again? Diaz. Diaz. I think Diaz, for me, was a very poor villain. In fact, if I was to rank all the villains from Arrow, he would be bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like we said, I enjoyed Dark's performance and I enjoyed the character, but I just didn't think he meshed well with that. You know, So, for me, this was just... I think they should have kept with Caden James uh, instead of with Diaz. Um, I just didn't. Whenever you're sit- sitting him, seeing him sitting there, and then you know you see the big uh, tattoos on his back, and you're just like, oh, I thought you were yeah. dead, and now it looks like he's he's coming back for next season. And I think, I think villains are only as strong as the people around him. Very much like Oliver is strong for the people around him. So I think it could work if he had like a good uh, suicide squad, so to say, behind him. You know, like people that go and do his dirty work. Because nine times out of ten, it was somebody either that you'd seen before or wasn't anyone of yeah. interest. Well, that's there's the talk of the whole Longbow Archers and stuff like that. They're meant to be fairly key to Diaz's okay. story in the upcoming season. So we'll see if him having this sort of clinical team behind him yeah. helps the character in the story. I'm interested in the next season, not as interested because of Diaz, because yeah. you're like, because uh, you were like, damn it, Black Siren, why did you, you know, screech him out into the water? Because yeah. he's quite clearly going to 
you know, be alive. Um, but with the whole return of Roy, Oliver kind of having his I am Iron Man moment. Yes. <laughs> at the end of the season. I'll go get cheeseburger. Yeah. And him starting in jail and where that potentially could go. Mm-hmm. If they were to start the season off and have maybe the first few episodes, Oliver stay in jail. Yeah. That would intrigue me. But based off the history of CW shows, yeah. I very much expect Oliver to be out of the prison within the first episode, by the end of the first episode. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me yeah. uh, if he Gold- was. One of Goldberg's still in there. <laughs> Different jail. Oh, right. Um, still a wrestler in a jail, though. But definitely, I am interested to see where it goes. Um, as we mentioned, Cody Rhodes is going to be a key part of it. You know, Vinnie Jones, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff there as well. So... If you just had like a little dynamic between those characters over a couple of episodes in jail, yeah. If you almost kept it very, I'm not gonna say low budget, but streamlined, mm-hmm. and maybe not bouncing around to too many of the other characters, yeah. yeah. It might just give the start of the season that little bit of extra taste. So you, then, when you bring everybody else back in, you could near enough do like an episode, like the first episode could just be Oliver and what he's doing, and then the next episode could do. You could almost do like a family tree. So you could do like him and then you could do like Felicity and then you could go on to maybe William or maybe on to like Diggle or something like that. Yeah. You know, I like, can do something like that. So I I get what you're saying and that's a good idea because you kind of want to see this guy who can do so much but whether obviously a lot of people in the jail are who he's put there. And yeah. now he has said that he is, I almost said Arma. Um, and then I almost <laughs> said Captain the Green America, Arrow. The Green Arrow. So now you've got people who know that. So obviously we've seen photos of him on set where he's looking very cut and abrasive. So it's it'd be interesting to see how he goes with it, both physically and mentally. Yeah. And whether he comes out a different person than whenever he went in. I think well. for me the key thing is we have in these sort of superhero shows, you know, oh so and so goes to jail. Like take Barry in the last season of yeah. Flash. He was in there for an episode in a bit. Yeah. So he was with Goldberg, as you mentioned. Um, but there was no real consequence. He wasn't there because he really, uh, yeah. you know, he was fr- free yeah. for the murder mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But he was there for a very short time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Things. You know, Oliver has outed himself as the Green Arrow. And with that comes... The whole list of yeah. murder sprees that he done in the earlier seasons, and just plainly being a vigilante, mm-hmm. that costs time. Yeah. So, show us that cost. You know, when he when we come back in this new season, it would be a risky thing to take. It probably won't happen, but have a a bit of a time jump, not necessarily six months later. You know, two years later, maybe mm-hmm. sort of like that. Not saying go and recast William or anything like that with yeah, a you know yeah. a different actor or anything like that, but of course that wouldn't sync up well with the other shows for crossovers and all. But that's the sort of thing I'd be thinking of if it was me. But you, but, could, you could almost do something if you were to do like a mini crossover with like Barry. Yeah, and Barry takes Oliver to the future and says this is almost like a, a Christmas Carol kind of thing uh-huh. where he takes him to the future and goes like, if you don't get your act together, this is what happens. You know, they don't change anything. You're kind of just there to observe and then they just come back, you know, and do it that way. So, yeah, it's a good idea. Give, give us a call, folks. We, yeah. you know, we've got we've got you sorted. Um, plain and simple, then, I think that this has been answered by our previous episodes. 
But where do you rank Arrow in the grand scheme of the CW Universe based on the pre- this previous season? What's that? Where do I rank this season? Yes, Arrow oh, right. against the oh, other right. shows. Okay. Arrow's number one then. Yes, and it's number two for me. Yeah. Uh, you'd have figured that all out for yourself if you have been listening to our previous episodes. <laughs> so that lovely ranking list is now complete. I'm intrigued to see if that list will change Yeah. after this coming season. Uh, we'll probably be talking about these upcoming seasons at this time of the year, next year anyway, so we will. And I think the last question kind of answers itself. Are you still fussed about this show? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Very so, so with that, we shall move on to then the big crossover of the season, and that is Crisis on Earth X. So... How do we feel this crossover stood compared to previous ones, Chris? Uh, it stood up a lot better because this obviously was probably this was the first one that included all four shows. Um, whereas with the last one, we had obviously we had Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl, but that was the one that Supergirl or. Supergirl's episode really had nothing to do with it. It just it was like, like the last sixty seconds. That was like whenever Barry and Cisco like, would have just been previously on Supergirl. Oh, oh, that's all you needed to see. You didn't need to watch that episode. Whereas this was every single you know like so each show had their part of it, and I think Legends of Tomorrow one had the highest viewing figures. Did, yeah. Out of all of them, which says a lot. Because, and Arrow surprisingly had the least. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and for me, it's probably, I think I prefer the last one, because that's the first time everyone's together, yeah. you know, like, so I think that you always, you know, like, appreciate the first one, um, but it was a good, it was a good story, nonetheless, with this one, so. See, I, I'd probably say this for me is the best one, now, last year's one was a heck of a lot of fun, and it is great just seeing them all together for that first time, but I think for me, because, like, that they kind of build it up as like, here's the big crossover event. Yeah. And, you know, yes, Supergirl's involved. So you went into that Supergirl episode thinking, oh, right, there's going to be some involvement here. And it goes by as a 99% regular yeah. Supergirl episode. And then it's like, oh, here's a portal. Whoosh, off we go. And yeah. then that's it. And you're waiting to the next night for the, the subsequent episode. That that kind of just kind of tempered things for me. Now... I think they are going back to the three-episode format for this season. I could be wrong, because they seem to only be playing it as Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. Yeah, yeah. Because I think maybe, because we've debated and talked about this, the whole when does what air sort of thing yeah. with Legends and Supergirl going on, that Legends might not be on the air at this time, because it's going to take over for when Supergirl goes on its break, okay. and that sort of thing. Um, but back to this, I really, really enjoyed this crossover. And I think the subject matter for me, kind of, I was able to sink my teeth into and enjoy a bit more than just, oh, random, random aliens. Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. But I think a key thing we need to hit on with this crossover is we get our first glimpse into a key flash story with Mystery Girl at uh, I said that very dramatically <laughs> at uh, Barry and Iris's wedding. What were your first thoughts? Were you intrigued or not? And who did you think it was at the time? 
I never really took much notice of it. I just thought maybe she was going to be there, somebody, you know, because obviously she knew a bit more than she was letting on. I thought, you know, whenever you see characters like that, your head starts to think, oh, that's something bad's going to happen with her. You know, like she's going to be evil or something like that. So I never thought that it would be Barry's daughter, but it was clever how they kind of, introduce that into that because then if you wouldn't watch Flash and be like well who's that girl yeah like and then you go on to Flash to then find out who it is so it was quite clever the way they did it but um I never like I said I never really paid much attention into it um I think for me when I first saw her I was like you know the gears started going in the head and I kind of automatically straight and went for oh this is this is going to be this is going to be the daughter. Yeah. And you think to yourself, oh no, that's too obvious though. Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be something more to it. But kind of like you said, she shows up, she has that moment with Barry, she disappears, and then kind of all hell breaks loose. Yeah. So you get those immediate suspicions of like, you know, what is actually the story here with her? <laughs> so then, as you said, when she shows back up in Flash, you're like, just what is the story with you? You know, are mm. you good? Are you bad? Are you kind of who we maybe want you to be? Yeah. Or are you, you know, sort of a herring, you know, into this whole thing? You know, are you someone in disguise that we have seen before or whatever? But it's an interesting thing. They obviously, they had the idea in their head early for this character and they were so convinced that right this is going to be a very important character that's debut in the crossover yeah sort of thing much like what's going to happen with batwoman oh, yeah. in the upcoming yeah. crossover but no i was intrigued um and that just kind of gathered pace uh, as flash proceeded from there so do you have any favorite episodes or moments throughout the crossover chris uh, one of my favourite moments is whenever Supergirl is tumbling from the sky and um, Nate catches her and go <laughs> like oh you know like and it was just that moment of you know like somebody who's going to fall from the sky and fake colossus I like to call him caught him um, a man of steel catches the girl of steel exactly yeah so um, that um, and uh, I quite liked I like the whole um dynamic between um between Sarah and um Alex Alex I enjoyed that you know like especially whenever you know like she wakes up and she's got the hangover and the sunglasses on and all and they go like yeah look at you and your cute butt and you're like okay so it's <laughs> it's refreshing to see that they're kind of embracing that with a you know like a popular character in both shows as well so I did enjoy that but for me, it was very comedic. There's other um, things in it that I enjoyed and things that kind of saddened me, but that's something we'll get on to. Already. Well, I've just noted a few down. I probably could have, have. I, I could have noted quite a few more, probably, if I really wanted to, but these were just off the top of my head. And again, funnily enough, uh, a certain cold individual is involved here, and that is Citizen Cold to the rescue. Mm-hmm. So when they're all lined up uh, in Earth X, about to be... Uh, shot and executed and you just hear the cold gun noise click in you're just like yes fantastic and then of course you get the kind of reveal that um, 
Citizen Cold in this world is in a relationship with the Ray. We'll talk about the Ray in a moment. Um, Reverse Flash fighting with Barry once again. Mm-hmm. For me, I think that's fantastic because this is proper Eobard Thawne. It wasn't an Earth X version yeah. of Eobard yeah. Thawne, so explain that whatever way you want to but Barry lets him go by the end of this so that's leaving that door open again I think for me because even though I like um, oh, I can't remember the actor's name for the life of me the proper Eobard thon that we saw in like Legends and all and at the oh, very okay. start of the yeah. Flash okay. before he turned into Harrison Wells looking mm-hmm. Eobard thon I feel terrible for not knowing that actor's name but I love how Tom Cavanagh yeah. performs Eobard Thawne. So just oh, yeah. getting that yeah. glimpse again mm-hmm. of him doing that and the fact that this character is not ashamed to go and work with Nazis yeah, just shows the depths that character will go to for his hatred of Barry and just yeah. wanting to wreak havoc. Um, I've mentioned this before. I think I maybe mentioned this in our Legends episode. But the whole uh, Atom slash Brandon Routh nod with, oh, you you remind me of my cousin. Yes, that's, yeah. You know, yeah. the Supergirl. So the Superman nod. Um, Paul Blackthorne's performance as the SS officer, the second in command mm-hmm. uh, behind Oliver, when he's having the conversation with Sarah and saying, you know, you remind me of my own daughter, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, basically what the Nazis loved in yeah. World War II, the Aryan race thing. And you know, he kind of reveals that Sarah in that universe as well did not conform to the Nazi way and she herself was bisexual. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that he kind of hints that he had to do what was best for the Nazi way yeah, and got rid of her as well. So he was kind of reliving that moment in that speech and that chat with her. So I thought that was, again, one of Paul Blackthorne's best performances. Um, you mentioned... Uh, Alex and Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely forgot about this moment until I went back and had a quick look through the episodes. Uh, towards the end, uh, where everybody's starting to say goodbye and go off and go back to either the Wave Rider or whatever it is, uh, Mick turns around and says to Sarah, Oh, did you hit that? Yeah. And stuff like that. And Sarah's just like, Oh, shut up. <laughs> you know, just little moments I thought were really, really fun. Now, Anything disappointing from the crossover for you? Um, are you talking character just in general or character? In general, whatever. I think that Diggle was barely used. I think for me he should have been a more integral part of this. Um, there wasn't a lot of, a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, I didn't enjoy that or didn't enjoy that. But whenever you see all these characters together and you're thinking, right, well, where's where's Diggle you know like he's one of the key members of you know Arrow yeah and he's not there that kind of great because you'd never even have a doppelganger of him yeah so again I didn't get that because there was that whole thing of whenever they were going to go in to um whenever they were whenever the Captain Cold and Ray were saying about trying to get them time to go into the thing and he said like no we're blowing it up and we're like yes. but we need to do that to get home why wasn't Diggle then oh well that was when I was right yes. but then that could have been Diggle well, that, instead that, I, I, we're going to come back to that very soon so we are about when so okay. keep that thought in your head uh, I don't think there was anything that 
I was really disappointed with in this. I think you have to commend that you can put together near, I'm not going to say four hours of TV because take out the adverts and all. Yeah. Probably works out about three hours yeah. of TV over four nights. Sorry, two nights, four episodes. <laughs> um, so for it to be so strong is fantastic. So I'm not going to overly nitpick no. with anything because I think it was a good job. It, I think it does boil down to if there was any disappointments it would be maybe the odd character yeah. that maybe mm. wasn't involved. I mean the writing was spot on. The the chemistry between characters was spot on. You know like so but as again like you say whenever you see you know Supergirl and um, and Ray together for the first time it's that little yeah. spark there you know. Speaking of the Ray then what did we think of his debut uh, and would we like to see more of him on the main shows? Of course, he got his own little kind of cartoon spin-off, a bit like Vixen had. Mm-hmm. But would we like to see him appearing every now and again? He's another one that you could just put into Legends. You know, if, true. Like, if you're taking somebody out of Legends, there's no point why you can't put him there and he's maybe sorted out his stuff and, you know, like him and Captain Cold are living happily ever after or whatever. Or maybe this is an alternative universe one. And he's the polar opposite, and instead of being in with somebody and having everything, he has nothing. And that way, with a lot of like all the legends are kind of taken in, they're broken, and then they're kind of fixed, and they're part of a family, as Vin Diesel would say. So <laughs> I think that would be a good idea to put him there with the Wave Rider and take Wally out of that. Mm. You know, like, yeah. and then you've got somebody still fast, you know, like, like. The Flash, obviously, because we see the Flash and him trying to take down that robot before it reaches. Red Tornado. Yeah. Um, but no, totally agree. Even if we got like the odd appearance every now and again of him and Cold, like mm-hmm. jumping in to an episode or yeah. whatever, the way kind of Cold jumped into Legends for a short period of time, jumped out or jumped into that's a, that's even something Flash. you could do in Legends, but you could have Captain Cold and Ray together and Mick kind of being the. Um, Third one wheel. Who's jealous because <laughs> that was his partner. Yeah. You know. So, on to the emotional stuff now. Mm-hmm. A big part of this crossover revolved around Firestorm and the eventual death of Martin Stein, Victor Garber. Uh, were we sad to see him go and do we think this had an impact on Legends? Now, I'm going to come straight out and say this 100% for me had an impact on Legends. Oh yeah, totally. Because Victor Garber, I think, is an absolutely amazing actor. He brought that sort of senior grandfatherly. The Einstein of the group. Yeah. But more age as well as brains. Exactly. And you had then, of course, that dynamic of him being the older gentleman with Jax Mm -hmm. and him trying to be the kind of the wise sort of more knowledgeable guy on Jax's shoulder when they were firestorm um but we i think him dying here yes very very emotional but i think as we saw where the legend story went the rest of the season it not only kind of cost us martin stein Mm -hmm. but it cost us Jax as well yeah which i think is a shame Oh yeah, totally. Because I think that character as well was a really enjoyable character and I would have liked to have seen him stay on the way of Ryder. Obviously, it seems that the writers didn't have a plan for that. Mm. Hence why he did go by the wayside. But 
they kind of you got the little seeds building up in the crossover as we went that there was the possibility that something like this something tragic was going to happen because in the very beginning you get the early chit chat and I think like Cisco and all is working on potentially a formula to help yeah. them separate because uh, then he said like uh, he could become like sticky spider or yeah. whatever and he's like I don't want to be sticky spider but how emotionally affected were you by this because this for me I think this is one of the big hitting the heart moments oh yeah because this is like especially whenever you look back at because in that then you obviously you've lost him and then obviously in Arrow you've lost you know you've lost Quentin mm-hmm. so like the two senior members of both Legends and Arrow have died you know like in in that so um, yeah like you say there's two characters who've basically been written out I would have liked to see I think Franz um Jax, sorry, um, just using the problem in there. I think Jefferson, Jax, whatever you want to call him, I'll call him Jefferson. Um, I think he would have been better on the Wave Rider than Wally would have been. Mm-hmm. Rather than the pickpocket thing, why couldn't he have just been like, yeah, I picked up some tricks, you know, like I'm still right. useful after all, rather than I need a speedster to get that. Yeah. You know, like all it takes is him to get close enough and then he's pickpocketed him or something like that. So. Yeah, even, even if he wasn't like... Uh, going out into the field character yeah. as much as he used to because he's no longer Firestorm. His character grew to know the Wave Rider very well yeah. as the engineer. Yeah. So even if you had him around as an on-ship presence, mm-hmm. and you could have these odd moments on the ship with him conferring back and forth with like Gideon and all. Yeah. He could almost have turned into um, the Felicity, the Overwatch. Yeah. For the Legends. Yeah. Unfortunately, whenever I... Was going to Forbidden Planet and he, Franz Jefferson was walking out. I didn't get a chance to ask him, so sorry about that. What's what? What's that? Sorry, Chris, repeat that. Yeah, I was just walking into Forbidden Planet uh, yesterday, and Franz—I don't know how to pronounce his surname. Drama, I think. Yeah, um, was coming out and I got a photo with him, so that was cool. Uh, a nice guy. Uh, it's just a shame he uh, wasn't away filming and stuff. But you yeah. know, like, uh, the thing is, is that with. The likes of obviously his character, well, with the majority of characters, you're still going to get them back. You can get them back at some stage, but with the likes of Martin Stein, would be a doppelganger. It won't yeah. be the proper one, you know. But I think it's because it's the whole father son thing, you know, like, yeah. and, and it's that kind of thing. And it's obviously, a, you know, the end arrow with father and daughter and that kind of thing. So that for me, losing my father kind of hits home even harder for me. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was kind of one of those ones that you didn't think that they would, not the, not the, pardon the pun, but, you know, like, pull the trigger. Yes. But you thought that they were going to go there, but he'll be all right, and then he's not. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of that thing. Now, to flip this on a positive, sort of say, and end talking about Martin Stein on a funny note, uh, I don't know if you remember this from an earlier episode of Legends, but... Martin Stein turns around and says, because they find an anachronism in the North Atlantic mm-hmm. in 1912, and it involves the Titanic. And they're like, oh, you know, let's go and investigate this anachronism. And he turns around and says, I will never set foot on that ship, and blah, blah, blah. He says the person who built that ship should have been shot. Because uh, he was the one who built it in the Titanic movie. Exactly. I never, so, I never knew that. In a meta way, yeah. the builder of the Titanic yeah. did indeed get shot. <laughs> So I just thought that was quite funny. Uh, so it was. 
Now, moving on, we've already kind of dipped our toe into these waters, but were there any characters you thought were particularly underused or you thought were overused, as in you thought could have been better replaced by somebody else? Well, I think Diggle, for one, was criminally underused. I think he should have been used a heck of a lot more than he was. Um, Characters that were overused? I can't really think of any, to be honest with you. Well, I dropped the hint earlier. Okay. And I'm not going to say overused, but I felt an odd choice for the role. Okay. And that's Earth X Win, as like okay. the general of yeah. their resistance. Yeah. I was like, I get why they went that way, because that would have been an unexpected choice, because, mm-hmm. you know, Win's that sort of nerdy, kind of laid back sort of guy in the DEO and proper Supergirl. Yeah. Not this kind of grizzled, very hard, I'm in charge, you do what I say, yeah. you know, this is the plan and that's it, mm-hmm. sort of thing. But for me, that again then leads into who I feel should have been used more, mm-hmm. and that's Jean Jones, or at least or at least the appearance okay. of Jean Jones. Um, I thought maybe he would have been the better person in the role that Wynn played in terms of the general on Earth X. Mm-hmm. I suppose you could also say, as you say about Diggle, yeah. he maybe would have fit in to that position as well, considering his uh, army background in yeah. Arrow as well. That could fall in line with the Earth X general as well. But I think, as you say, there's not many, but just for me, like Jean or Diggle, sort of... Yeah. They're reasonably important characters. There, there wasn't a character that I watched the episodes and then thought, oh, him again? What are they doing? You know, Why are they getting so much screen time? There wasn't yeah. anything like that. There wasn't anyone who hogged the the time where like, it wasn't spent wisely with them. You yeah. Know, like, so. yeah. So, I'll phrase this so everybody understands exactly where I'm going with that. So, we're going to firstly talk about who our favourite Arrowverse character was in this crossover so that is someone who is from just the arrow the flash uh the legends version of earth okay their universe um so who stood out to you as your favorite across the crossover so that's a real tough one that's a that's a real tough one because you've got so much you've got so much to choose from um I would probably say because of the storyline between them, I would probably say that um, that Stein would be my favourite across them because this is kind of where you knew that if something was going to happen, it was going to happen in this. Because I think this was maybe why they wrote him out was like in a, a storyline like this to make it like something grand, you know, like yes. a, 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 a well-fitting send-off. Um, but I think for me, another one that would be Sarah would have been uh, one as uh, as well. I think um, she was a great character in this. Well, you've nailed two of mine. Okay. So you have, um, I think Stein definitely has to be up there simply because you had the whole teasing of right. He's wanting to step away. His anachronism daughter is yeah. pregnant and going to have his grandchild and all. So you, know, you had that just tease of, damn, he was only a few minutes from retirement before yeah. he got taken out, that sort of yeah. thing. 
so you just you're watching that character and you're like please don't have anything go wrong don't have it go wrong and then it happens and you get that emotional kick in the gut um again this plays back to my enjoyment and of the portrayal of the character and that is again the reverse flash okay i think just getting to see that character again was really enjoyable and just like the little things in like the scene between him and supergirl when he's about to like try to start the surgery and all that yes yeah just you're like you are evil <laughs> you know yeah. you are absolutely certifiable mm-hmm. um please come back in a future season of the flash thank you very much um favorite doppelganger then I would probably say that Quentin's doppelganger would probably be one and I would probably say Tommy's one. Tommy's, yes. Because it was nice to see him come back and then play that and then see Oliver and him, you know, like it's that kind of thing and it's not who he knows, it's the face is there and that's who he recognises but the inside is totally different. So Yeah, because... He sees that suit, and he's thinking, right, I'm going to see Adrian Chase. Yeah. And then the mask comes off, and it's his best mate, effectively, kind of his, well, through Thea, in an indirect way, a brother. Yeah. Um, And then he has to watch him die again. So he does, because he pops, like, the cyanide pill and all, and dies uh, for the fatherland and all that sort of stuff. Um. Mine two are obvious, <coughs> so I'm not going to dwell on them at all because I've mentioned them numerous times already, and that's Citizen Cold and Quentin Lance as well. Okay. Because I think, again, just yeah. Blackthorne's performance uh, in that conversation with Sarah just completely nails that down it's even me. It's even whenever he's doing that, whenever he brings uh, Felicity out. Yes. And then he says to Oliver, oh, but like, fantastic. it's like, if you are mine Fura, you know, like you kill her, and then that's whenever it all goes pear shaped. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that moment whenever she comes out, and then she's like, "Oh, she's got dark hair. I don't like dark hair. What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was uh, for me his standout moment was that's whenever he's talking to Oliver about that, and that was very good. Definitely. So, last but not least, then um, we have the upcoming crossover for this season. Mm-hmm. So based on the one we've just talked about, are your hopes reasonably high and expectations-wise for this upcoming crossover? Yeah, because if you could say crossover... I know. Yeah. Shut up! Um, <laughs> start awful, end awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it would be because you've got like other characters that you haven't seen interact before. Um, and obviously with Batwoman, it'd be interesting to see is she going to be the main villain of it or is she going to be somebody that they just you know, encounter, and then it kind of goes from there. So, yeah, I'm al- I always like, you know, crossovers. It's like whenever you see, you know, wrestling, you see this guy from this brand fighting this guy, and you haven't seen that before. It's something new, it's something fresh, and it's something that can make the storyline go on and then give you underlining things as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to see it. No, I'm definitely intrigued. I think it does all kind of boil down to this whole the whole Batwoman thing is like, you know, how invested are they yeah. in this character? There's talk, of course, that they are going to do a standalone show for that character. So what exact way are they going to go about uh-huh. with introducing her? Um, is this something that we're going to see the suit straight away or is it going to be like Daredevil where it's the end, you see the suit? Yeah, 
I got you. So kind of the very early stages yeah. of the character. Now, I'm kind of I have slight reservations on who's been cast. Okay. Um, as Batwoman, uh, but I am for sure going to give it a chance. Oh yeah. It's simply my reservations are simply based on her acting prowess. Because the couple she, of things I've seen her in... She wasn't great in Orange is New Black. She wasn't a character that I was like, oh, she's really good. I was like, oh. And then I've, I saw her in John Wick 2 and her amount of kind of character development or even just talk is yeah. basically zilch. Nada. You, can, you can't really take much from it. Okay. Um, so that is the thing from all... And that's the kind of story I've heard from a lot of her stuff is that her kind of input in her roles... Mm-hmm. Has been reasonably small. Okay. But I think the positive that definitely has to be taken right with is they've went with someone that can fit the character's background. Yeah. As well. So she is someone that is openly in a relationship with a woman as well. So that's part of a key part mm-hmm. of the Batwoman character as well. So um, they have went the direction that is necessary. Do you think that we are getting this character because we can't get Batman? Not necessarily. I don't think so. Um, because they've obviously they've teased Bruce Wayne, as you mentioned. Yeah, but because we have movies and we have Gotham, do you think this would have been something that, if we didn't have Gotham, say, we could have had that? Possibly. I still don't think I'd see them go full suited up. Batman, yeah, in the Arrowverse, could we ever somehow possibly see Bruce Wayne uh-huh. if things rolled the right way? Maybe you could maybe save something like that for the final season, yeah, where there's just this very quick scene of like, say, it's like the final scene of Arrow, mm-hmm. and say it's just some sort of think of like the fancy ballroom scene from Dark Knight Rises where. Batman, Christian Bale meets Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. Yeah. One of these events and they just cross paths. Or, yeah, or something like uh, Queen Consolidated has been bought over and but like, yeah, I'm meeting the guy who's bought it and he yeah. comes in like, yeah, Bruce Wayne and they're like, I'm taking this over. But like, oh, nice to meet you. Yeah, so something very yeah. fleeting. Like. I would think if we're going to see anything like that, it'll be a Bruce Wayne. It wouldn't be a Batman. Yeah. But I do think with this step, with Batwoman coming in, there's always the possibility of I'm not going to call it the lower echelon mm-hmm. of Batman. Yeah. Because that's what people have kind of come to call Arrow. is kind of like Batman B-team okay. sort of thing. As in, he's getting all the kind of lower villains of Batman. Um, but could we see some other members of the Bat family down the line? There's a chance. There could also be the potential of any of the people that are portraying them in like this Teen Titans show that's coming out. Oh, yeah. That they could pop their head in. You never know. The possibilities are endless. True. So, that's it. That is the recent seasons of the CW Arrowverse. Discussed, concluded, done, finito. Well, we'll, nah. pro- we'll probably be talking about the upcoming season. Yeah. Texts and, you know, t- conversations very soon. Next week we're going to cover all four seasons of Gotham. <laughs> I don't think that's what's going to happen <laughs> next week. Um, but yes... We hope you have enjoyed uh, our discussions of the most recent seasons of the Arrowverse. It has been a great deal of fun for us to talk about them. So, uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed them too. 
Now, coming up then, Chris, mm-hmm. you kind of teased what was coming up. Yes, um, with the 7th of October, so that'll be a couple of weeks' time, um, which will be the return of Doctor Who. So before that, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a lot of firsts. We're going to look at the first episodes of some of the uh, classic Doctor Who. So from the very first one, which was William Hartnell, to our last one that we had, our first one, which we have to take a deep breath and talk about Peter Capaldi. No, deep breath, not Goldust-esque. That's just weird. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about that and we're going to see, you know, like, what we enjoyed at the storylines and that kind of thing and then just basically talk about that before we move on to then may have like maybe a week break and then talk about Doctor Who because obviously it's on the Sunday so we don't even know what time it's on the Sunday do we? I don't think they've actually said a time yet they've just said Sunday okay right so we'll figure something Yes, we'll figure something out. So, uh, yeah, but we'll be talking about um, Jodie Whittaker's first outing as the Doctor and uh, how I think uh, I think with this episode um, is set a lot in Sheffield, from what I remember reading. What a lovely place. Yes, exactly. So, uh, lovely place. Uh, hopefully, um, Bradley Walsh will be able to fill... Uh, apparently, he's having some difficulty filming the chase and this and Doctor <sighs> Who as well, so... Yeah. There's a lot of running involved. There is. There's, there's so much, a lot of running to do. So yes, so join us for that where we'll look at more into Doctor Who since it's been like several years probably since we've had a good Doctor Who rant. Proper in-depth discussion yeah. of uh, old Doctor Who and new yes, Doctor exactly. Who for that. But yes, thank you all for listening everybody. It has been a pleasure to talk to you all today. As we mentioned at the start of the show, I'm going to try and get this right this okay. time. You can get in contact with us on Twitter. Don't stare at me like that. <laughs> at Retroshock Pod. You can contact me at Alan GW Price if my chewing gum would behave in my mouth. Uh, at Vento316 for the man opposite me right now. Get in touch. Let us know of things you would like to see in a show. Topics you'd like us to cover. Movies, video games, all that lovely good stuff. TV. Um, you can contact us on Facebook, just search Operation Retroshock on there. And please feel free to leave us a lovely review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, those sort of places. It would be very much appreciated. This has been episode 125. This has been our Arrowverse discussion. I've been Alan Price. He's been Chris Fint. I have been. And we'll see you next time. Say bye-bye, Chris. No. Bye-bye, everyone. Yeah.